Hey, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Around the House. I am Scott Brokamp, your guest, your host for this morning. I hope y'all are enjoying this beautiful day. It was uh, nice and pleasant outside this morning. Beautiful morning just to, well, have that little short jacket on and nice cup of coffee and enjoy some beautiful weather. It's, uh, I'm sure I don't have to tell you if you're listening this morning, it is the third Saturday in October and well, let's face it, man, it's going to be a great day. It's just going to be a great day. Uh, there we go. Get it, baby. Fight song time. I mean, we can just, we're, I hope we listen to the rocket talk. We'll be here at blaring all, all day. That's what I'm hoping for. All right, well, hopefully nobody's getting married today. It's never a good day to play in your wedding. Because it's the third Saturday in October, and we're going to beat Bama for two years in a row. Let's go, baby. All right. Anyway, the Tide looked, uh, well, they looked pretty beatable against Arkansas last week. So the game today is in Tuscaloosa. Kickoff is at 3.30. You can catch the game on our sister station, WIVK, the flagship station of the Vol Network. Greek Fest is this weekend. The annual festival at St. George Greek Orthodox Church is in its 47th year. Hours are today from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. The Pinta, one of the one of Christopher Columbus's ships, docked at Calhoun's on the river yesterday. You can tour the historic replica now through October 29th. No reservations are necessary. Just buy your ticket to board this floating museum at the dock. To find a complete list of events happening around your house today, go to visitknoxville.com. That's visitknoxville.com. Well, I, this is going to be really hard to talk about anything other than the third Saturday in October, but we're going to give it a shot here this morning. Uh, you know, I, I'm just, I'm loving these cool mornings though. They just, they're, they're nice. They're comfortable. A little less humidity. The only thing that bothers me is I know that, uh, there's winter coming behind it, but fall weather is, is come and it may have you thinking about lighting a fire. Well, before you get that kindling together, when was the last time you had your chimney inspected or cleaned? Chimney fires account for nearly $125 million in property damage each year in the United States. Here to tell us how to prevent that from happening at your house is Jonah Lindley. He's a certified chimney sweep and repair technician with Ash Busters here in Knoxville. Good morning, Jonah. How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Good morning. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, we, we've had some time to chit-chat here this morning, which has been really kind of awesome. Uh, I, normally, I'm running, you know, kind of last minute. So, uh, <laughs> it's good to have been here and have a little time to chit-chat, but... Tell us a little bit, Jonah, who is Ash Busters? And, and, well, I mean, you're a chimney sweep, but to a lot of people, we may not know what that means. What is that? Yeah, uh, so chimney sweeps are often thought about as the guys and Mary Poppins dancing around on a rooftop and getting dirty. Uh, that's, that's a lot of what we do, though. Um, we like to have fun, and we do definitely get dirty. Um, we try to keep your house cleaner than than what we found it though <laughs> as one of the main parts of our service but ashbusters is a 35 plus year old business we started in nashville tennessee our our owner mark did 
And um, he started the business just cleaning chimneys. And that's all it was back then in the 80s is just sweep rods going up the flue and making sure everything was cleaned out every year. Uh, and then he started getting more involved in the industry and mm. education. And as he started to learn more things about how the, the system works and what can go wrong and how it goes wrong. And so as he started to get educated, he learned more about the repair side and realized that's kind of where more of the money is in yeah. the business. So we naturally grew to more of a construction company we just focus on chimneys and that initial cleaning and inspection is how we how we get in the door sure well and i can imagine i mean you know being a technology guy as i am i can imagine technology has come to play a huge part in what you guys do nowadays so for sure i'm i'm sure that we are uh well i'm sure we'll get to some of that so uh well i'm glad that you're here man you know it's that time of year obviously um we we mentioned we've grew up in in the same state and and we always had fires uh unfortunately i don't ever remember having a chimney sweep i knew of them right uh and i think i'm probably not uncommon i think that you probably run into a lot of folks who i'm going to assume have you there because there's a problem and not because they're trying to be preventative absolutely yeah every day uh i would say Especially in the South, you know, a fireplace is kind of a luxury. It, you know, it, it doesn't truly get super, super cold to where any, yeah. most people down here aren't relying on the fireplace mm-hmm. or the wood stove to heat their home. We do still have some people in the community that, that are relying on it, especially sure. last year, you know, we had those rolling blackouts. So <laughs> having that fireplace cranking up was, was a necessity for some, unfortunately. I wish uh, I would have had one. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Uh, but for most people, it's a comfort thing. It's a luxury. It's this third Saturday in October, you know, getting ready to watch the game and you want to be cozy and you, yeah. know, you, you got your meat on the grill outside, but you come inside, you got fireplace rolling and you're ready to have a good time. Watch, watch Vols win. That's right. That's right. Well, it, you know, and we have, uh, and, and again, I, you know, we'll get, I'm sure we'll get into a lot of this stuff, but we have, We've got a lot of outdoor fireplaces, you know, which are, I, I don't know, I, I'm assuming are kind of more unique to climates like ours where we spend a lot more time living outdoors yep. um, than up north where you're indoors. Um, so, but still, I mean, it, it's a fireplace. It still needs the same exact attention and care as the one that's inside your home, right? For sure, yeah. So, in fact, probably even a little more because you probably use the one outside more than the one inside. <laughs> that, and it's it's just like anything else. The thing that you're least concerned about tends to be sometimes the most risky thing mm. around you. You know, yeah. uh, it's a, if it's in the back of your mind, a lot of times you're not thinking about it, and then that could make it almost a little bit a little bit sketchier yeah um a lot of outdoor fireplaces are just close enough to the house that if a spark lands on the roof next you know mm-hmm. uh yep. something something could go wrong so yeah. well I, there's no doubt about that they're you know they're normally some way shape or form you know there's some type of attachment normally with those so so let's talk about inspections uh because again i, I mean obviously that's that's the main preventative right we need to have this thing inspection what's what does a inspection look like um, on a client side and from your side? Yeah, yeah. So when you call in, 
we'll set you up for that initial inspection, uh, whether you've worked with us before or or not, or has whether you've been using a different company or not. Uh, we treat everybody like a new customer, hmm. and so when we roll up to the house, um, first things first, we really want to understand why we're there. Right. Sometimes we're there to just do that initial inspection, make sure everything is okay. Like you said, a lot of times we're there because somebody knows they got a problem. Right. And so um, we're trying to set up every every call a little bit the same and just understand why we're there first so we can best help the, the homeowner. Sure. And then almost every inspection is going to end up with a video camera going inside the system so that we can scan everything and and just learn as much as we can about what you've got. Mm-hmm. Right. And what's accessible. And so if we can access it, we're going to try and dig deep into it so that way we can educate you on on what you've got so you know how to best use it, number one. And right. then number two, you know what to look out for. And if you do have a problem, that way we can also address the issues and come up with a solution. Right. Well, and of course, that's one of the things, as you mentioned early on, is is really awesome about what you guys do is that you also provide the repair side of things as well. Uh, I, I know there are some that are just, they're just maintenance, you know, cleaning companies yep. uh, in the chimney sweep world. So w- what are some of the things that you're looking for when, when you're scoping out or going down that chimney with that camera? What are, what are some of the, give me like three main things that you're looking for? Yeah. So when I look at a fireplace, a lot of times before I even set my eyes on it, if I can smell campfire, mm, yeah. typically there's a, 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 a drafting issue going on with the fireplace. Mm. Or maybe the the wood that we're burning isn't the driest. Hmm. So that's one thing right off the bat. I a lot of times don't even have to look at the fireplace. Right. If I can smell it from the door, <laughs> there might be some, <laughs> some other things going on. And then secondly... The the fireplace system needs to be like a straw and just airtight. And so if I scan and see gaps, cracks, voids, mm-hmm. pretty much anywhere, right, we'll have a conversation about why that's a why that's a problem, and and what we can do to to help fix it. Sure. And then most of the issues that we find on chimneys is actually outside mm-hmm. with the the masonry or even the siding um, or metal flashing with the roof or at the top of a chimney um, right. on the exterior of the home huh. is most times the most neglected part of that system. Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, nobody else wants to be crazy like you guys and roll up there and hang out on the top of the roof, right? Yep. Most most people aren't getting on a roof and dancing around, um, so that's why, well, that's why we call us. But we look. I look, being in this industry for a little over six years now, every house I go to, I'm when I'm driving down the street, I'm looking at chimneys. When right. I'm driving downtown, I'm looking at the fireplace or I'm looking at the chimneys. Of and course. So if you're driving down down the street and you you look up and you see your chimney, it's got black stains at the top, or maybe a brick is missing or two. That's a good reason to give us a call and have us come out and take a look. There you go. Call the pros at Ashbusters. Hey, you can find them online at ashbustersknoxville.com, or you can reach them by phone at eight six five four seven zero. 6177. Hey, if you've got questions for us, give us a call, shoot us a text, 865-656-8255. We are going to take a short break. We'll be right back here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 987 WOKI. 
Welcome back to Around the House. I am your host, Scott Brokamp, co-owner and founder of His Security and Technology here in Knoxville. Locally owned, operated, here to take care of all your security technology needs. But uh, the important part is my guest this morning. I have Mr. Jonah Lindsay, Lindley from Ashbusters in here in the house. And, uh, well, we were talking a little bit about technology. So when they uh, come and make sure they are servicing your fireplace and chimney, one of the main things they're going to do is get eyes, get eyes on the inside. And uh, I, I'm, I, I know that we kind of alluded to it early on, but technology is is such a useful tool in just about every industry now. And so just, I mean, can you imagine your predecessors with not having video? I mean, no. digging things apart. I mean, literally, they're taking chimneys apart to find the issue to rebuild it back together. Well, and even, you know, back in your... In, uh hundreds of years ago in Europe, they used to send little boys up, up the chimney to clean and, and inspect them. That's literally how they used to do it. <laughs> Man, I, I, I'm, I'm glad my dad did HVAC and not chimneys. Cause <laughs> me too, brother. Me too. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be in that spot. Yeah, that's a rough life. Well, of course, nowadays, uh, and, and I'm, this is just my assumption, but I pretty sure they're making them a little smaller now than they used to be. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, we do a lot of new construction work and even when we're in the homes with natural, uh, wood burning fireplaces that, uh, I mean, the, the chimney and the flue for these things is nothing anymore. Right. You know, it used to be a big, massive brick and mortar and, you know, now it's, it's a, a, a few layers of, of pipe coming right. up, you yeah. know? Yep. So how is how is that affected what you guys do how is it different when you get into looking at that cleaning service and inspection when you're looking at a old i guess i'll call it a traditional or a uh you know kind of brick mortar type of of chimney versus a, a new style yeah so we've actually got a joke in the industry that open fireplaces suck <laughs> and it's it's a joke because you know we've got tools and stuff that are supposed to help you know, suck up the soot that we clean out of the system. The whole point of the the chimney and the flue is to suck the smoke out of the house. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times it's sucking money out of your wallet. Yeah. That hot air that your HVAC system is, is mm-hmm. producing for the house. Yeah. That's getting sucked right up the fireplace too. Mm-hmm. Most of the heat that's coming off of that fire is getting sucked right out of the fireplace and out of the house. So there's really not much return when you are burning wood in an open masonry fireplace. Right. That's part of the reason why we've changed as an industry and gone more towards inserts, hmm. gas fireplaces. They're much more efficient. So every every piece of wood that you're burning, you're getting much more out of it. Right. It means less trips to the wood pile. It means less emissions in the air which ultimately means less soot in the system, so it can be much safer to use as well. There you go. See? So, you, you know, I mean, you mentioned something there, and, and I'm, again, I'm sure many of our listeners thinking, oh, I've got I've got a gas insert. There's, there's nothing I need to clean. I, I don't need anything inspected. Right. I, I'm going to just assume that that is way off base here. It is, yeah. It, you know, every appliance that you buy in your house – 
has this little booklet. It's mm-hmm. typically white, black and white. <laughs> um, there's a there's typically a Spanish or a, a French side and an English side to it. It's called a manual. Or nowadays, it may just be a QR code, but hey, whatever. Either way, uh, when we install a fireplace on new construction, a lot of people will take that book and they'll save it to start their, their fires with <laughs> later on. But if if you look in them, it'll actually say that even on a gas fireplace, it needs an annual inspection. Hmm. And that's a national standard. Yeah. Uh, the reason why is if you're burning anything, there's going to be some kind of off gas or emission. Yeah. Um, if it's combustible in the first place, that means that the emissions are combustible. Yeah. So even on a gas fireplace, that soot, if it builds up enough, it can it can ignite. Yeah. It's not common, but it can. Sure. And then those little components that, that bring the pilot light on, uh, they need to be cleaned every year so that they continue to work properly. Hmm. So what all, I, I mean, so are you are you actually going to clean the, the uh, I guess, the, the exhaust on that gas unit as well is that a part of what you guys do through that on the open gas logs absolutely yeah if it's a direct vent which has got the glass enclosure which is really common on new construction now there's hardly any emissions on those units because they're so efficient so most of the time they don't need to be cleaned which is great they look pretty Oh they, yeah, they don't do much for putting out heat, but they look pretty. <laughs> if you uh, if you upgrade from the builder the builder grade models, right, you can get a lot of heat out of those glass enclosed gas fireplaces. I, uh, we've got we have a client that they did that, and they had a, a there was an additional blower put on, and they had yeah. literally had a vent pipe to the middle of the room. Yep, and and man, I'm gonna tell you what. That sucker put out some heat. Oh yeah, it, you got to be careful. We we caution people all the time because they think they want as much heat as, as they can get, and <laughs> you're going to be looking at that flame on low. <laughs> yeah, they uh, yeah they can put out some heat. There's no doubt about it. So obviously, real estate transactions. I'm sure you get a lot of calls. Uh, simply because somebody is buying or selling a home and, and they want to have the they want to have the fireplace in, in chimney in, inspected. What all what all do you guys do in that type of service? I'm sure it's probably a little less intrusive than a typical. I wouldn't say less intrusive. Um, most of the time we're coming in on the buyer side. Yeah. So buyers looking at a house. Most buyers, when they're looking at a house and they see a fireplace, right, you know, the wife especially will get googly eyes uh, in in most cases. And that fireplace turns an ordinary house into the house. And so they call us, the real estate company typically does, and we've got relationships with some of the best in the area. Right. And they say, hey, we need you guys to come check out this fireplace and and see what, what it's got going on. And we're like, okay, cool. So we go look at, at, look at it. Um, and sometimes it's been in use, sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. And we're just trying to give the the potential buyer an idea of what's going on. Is it safe to use? Is there mm-hmm. are there some issues? Uh, and then they can potentially use the problems that we find as a little bit of a bargaining chip in that transaction. You know, hey, if there's a couple repairs that need to be done, can we take this off the price, or can we have that included in 
in the the contract. So right, yeah, get to get those repairs done and get everything taken care of for sure. But calling us before you buy is the most important part here because I can't tell you in the in the twenty. 2021 era where people were buying houses sight unseen yeah twenty fifty thousand dollars over asking and that fireplace they're excited about and then they move in have us inspect it and we tell them they got problems they're a little upset mm. you know so definitely call us before you buy so you know what you're getting yeah that was uh that was a little bit of a common problem you know thankfully that that's uh that's starting to subside it is. uh you know but uh so what are what are some of the most common things that you see here in our area in the inspections that you find that are problems? Most of the time, it's it's issues with masonry chimneys that okay. are due to water intrusion. Hmm. So we get all this rain throughout the year, really. In the summertime, the rain doesn't cause a whole lot of issues. A chimney is kind of like a sponge, a masonry mm-hmm. one. So right. imagine a sponge under the kitchen sink. And you've got that sink on full blast. Water's going to drip out of it pretty quickly. But if you change it down to just a drip and you drip water on that sponge, it's going to take maybe an hour for water to start coming out of the bottom. On the light, the light rains, nothing's really going on. On those heavy rains, water might be dripping down. Mm. Um, But in the wintertime when the water freezes, each brick can hold up to a cup and a half of water. That water freezes it expands mm-hmm. and then you, you've got cracks that start to develop. And once you get one, it can turn into a bigger one because that cycle is happening every year. And in the South, that freezing and thawing over and over and over again mm-hmm. can actually be worse than what people experience up North. Right. Because up North, you know, it, it stays cold for a month or two at a time, Yeah, but it's that change that freezing right. and then thawing. Yeah. That causes all the movement. And we get so much of that down here because, you know, it'll be 30, 25 degrees at night and then pop up the next day. It's 55. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, we used to I, I was always told the great joke, right? It's it's winter in the morning. It's summer in the afternoon. That's right. And and, and it is. And you're right, though. I mean, that that can cause uh, just additional problems. You know, we, we think in our mind that it's a good thing because if it frozen, it thaws out quickly. Uh, but but that movement and that constant expansion and, and uh, contraction is going to create some additional problems all in itself versus, like you said, up north where it freezes and stay frozen for a few months. Exactly. You and know? even more so on a dormant fireplace chimney. Right. One that's not being used is going to be way more susceptible mm-hmm. to that exterior pressure because when you're using the fireplace, the inside of the system is being heated up. Right. You know, it's not getting freezing cold as nearly much. That's right. That's right. So, well, we are going to take another short break. When we come back, we're going to continue to speak with Jonah Lindley about taking care of your fireplace, some things to look forward to, and some things to, some do's and don'ts, and maybe a indicator of why you need to give them a call. You can find them online at ashbustersknoxville.com, or you can reach them by phone at 865 865- Four seven zero six one one seven. If you have questions or comments for us, give us a call. Shoot us a text, 865-656-8255. We'll be right back here on Around the House on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. You know, Jonah, this whistling tune would probably make me think of 
a chimney sweep. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, so do you have, you got a nice pair of dancing shoes? I'm not much of a dancer myself. No. I can bust a move if I need to. All right. Well, but I, I try not to embarrass myself too bad. I didn't know if maybe, you know, once a year y'all did a reenactment or something. And, <laughs> oh, Lordy. Hey, thank y'all for listening this morning. I'm speaking with Jonah Lindley from Ashbusters. We're talking all things fireplaces. Keep yourself safe and uh, clean and make sure your family's safe. If you want to reach them, you can find them online at ashbustersknoxville.com or you can reach them by phone at 865-470-6117. So, uh, you know, Jonah, you and I kind of joked a little bit about coming from the Midwest and, and, you know, we had a fireplace and we burned that thing all the time. Yep. And, you know, and the funny thing about it is every time that fireplace was burning, it was always warm in that room and it was freezing in the rest of the house because, yeah. you know, we were pinching pennies, right? Right. Uh, so it, it uh, I, I'm sure nowadays there are things that people can do to, to help with that. But still, I mean, it's still that's what that's what you're going to get. Right. Right. I mean, you're going to heat up the room that you're in for the most so, part. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, hey, we have, uh, we've got Bill here on the line. Bill's got a question for us about, um, some backflow in, in backdraft. Okay. Hey, Bill, good morning. How are you? Uh, good morning, Scott. Hey man. Good to hear uh, from you again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm becoming a regular here almost. Hey, that's great. I love it. All right, we'll just have you come sit in studio with us one day. How's that? I can ask questions. I'm not going to be an expert, though. <laughs> well, what you what you got this morning, Bill? What do you have for Jonah? Oh, okay, Jonah, I've got um, uh, the house was built uh, in the in the mid '80s. It's it's a um, um, uh, a gas fireplace that I, I don't normally use because I, I don't like the way it performs. Okay. The I've always had a problem with the with the uh, not having enough draft. Okay. And um, it, it's a it's a masonry. Uh, there is a flue um, valve on top, which I I learned I really got to make sure that's open to get it to, <laughs> to work. So w- once I figure out that it's it's fully open, then I'll turn the gas on and. Um, uh, open well that it'll it'll uh it 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 comes on and and it looks good but then i noticed that there's a little bit of um back flow on the top of the on the top of the uh um fireplace and i said that so i'll open the door and um it gets better but uh, if I don't open the door, it, it, it really doesn't work well. And and like Scott said, it, it doesn't really put a lot of heat in the room, so I, I don't really use it. But um, I just wondered if it's well-designed or if there's an issue with the design or it's just dirty. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, it could actually be, man, Bill, it could be a number of things. Um, it could be the height of the chimney being a little too short and there not being enough draw pressure. It could be the size of the opening, the fireplace, in comparison to the size of that flue liner. Um, if if the opening is too big for the flue liner itself, it may not be able to naturally draft on its own. And so 
you bringing in that that makeup air, that extra makeup air by opening up the door or window is definitely going to help there. Um, it may also just be a, an older an older system that needs refreshing or updating, <laughs> and it may be that that the the damper that you're talking about opening and closing before you start it that may not be opening as much as it could be. Um, so this is a yeah. this is a great great reason to have us come out, Bill. <laughs> I'd love to help. Bill, yeah, I think. Uh, so. So you guys can help. You guys can diagnose it a little bit, or do absolutely. Yeah, we could absolutely take a look, and if there's something we can do to help you, we can we can definitely talk about what that would look like. Great. Okay, that sounds good. Awesome. Hey, thanks, Bill. We appreciate you calling this morning. Um, you know, it, it, and I, I I think that's probably a common problem, right? I, I mean, I have seen that over the years in a lot of different places that. It's like a lot of these gas inserts, they're just designed for looks. And, and the design of, of functionality is not there. Right. And and I have, I, I and I don't know if it's a common problem or not. I'm sure you would know. But it, I have seen that frequently, that somebody will have a little gas fireplace going on. And there's there's that backflow coming back and not taking it out. So, right. um, Yeah, and you got to be careful with that, too. The... The emissions that come off of the gas fireplaces is, is a really fine, almost oily soot. Hmm. And man, if if you start getting a buildup uh, or that stuff starts rolling back into the house, it's going to be an expensive cleaning bill <laughs> to to get rid of it. Well, and even with that, I mean, any you know any fuel source that's burning is going to create carbon monoxide. That's right. And so, you know, that is uh, obviously one of the main things in why it's so important that to have ashbusters come out or have somebody come do that inspection and cleaning of your fireplace because one of its primary goals is a it's got to have that draft to keep the fire going, but the other piece of it is is it's you're getting rid of the emissions, you're getting rid of the, the carbon monoxide in the other particles in the other gas or the uh, the other I, I guess gases that are being um, created from the burning yep. of the fire. So whether it's a gas or whether it's an actual natural log fireplace, you're still going to have those things. That's right. You know, we talk about a lot in my world is you know we we hear a lot about carbon monoxide and you know it it's the, still the number one producer of carbon monoxide is fire yep you know and that's right. so uh that's a good point you know an easy thing that any homeowner can do and if if you live in the city of farragut and you've done any new construction mm-hmm. or remodeling to your house you know the the city of farragut is on their p's and q's mm-hmm. lately with their inspections yeah right and one of the number one things that they're pointing out in houses is that they don't have carbon monoxide detectors. Yeah. And that's an easy thing to have installed in your home around the fireplace. If you've got a, a water heater or a gas furnace, have it installed in those areas or yeah. near those areas and just an extra layer of protection so that you know if, if one of those systems starts malfunctioning yeah. or failing you're you're not going to be breathing in that carbon monoxide which yeah. is super dangerous well and, and that's it and yeah and you're right you know codes nowadays uh, anything new construction they're requiring at least um 
typically there's at least one combo unit in there. It's a smoke heat and right. carbon monoxide detector. Um, and, and then, you know, it, a lot of areas are requiring carbons more and more in different areas of the home. Yeah. So, which, you know, I mean, it's a good thing, right? We, we need to have, we need to have those safety protocols in place. We had a customer who called us about her fireplace and she thought that the fireplace was causing this carbon monoxide buildup in the house. Mm. It was actually an older uh, stove. Wow. In her kitchen. And when whenever she was using it, yeah, something was wrong with it that was making it produce more carbon monoxide than wow. than we're you know able to breathe. And man, she had headaches for years and didn't really know what was going on until somebody mentioned something about it. So she called yeah. us to look at the fireplace. We did our testing, right? Figured out it wasn't the fireplace; it was actually the stove in the kitchen. Holy moly! So did you were you guys the ones that identified that? Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. <clears throat> That's, I mean, that's just, that's how, that's how important maintenance on all these items are. That's right. Really, uh, especially if you have anything that's gas, you've, you've got to make sure that that is getting inspected on an annual basis. You just, you have to make sure that that's getting done because I mean, it's carbon monoxide is serious. It's dangerous and and a lot of people are just absolutely terrified of it. I don't love that, no, you know. Uh, I don't either. Just, Our just government's helped with that. Yeah, and I, it's it's not great uh, to have that kind of fear about something in your house. So right. just have us out and come take a look at it. Yeah, we'll we'll put your mind at ease. Well, and that's it, right? There's there's plenty of things that you can do, and and again, as we've been talking here with Jonah, it doesn't matter if it's a wood burning fireplace, gas fireplace. Whatever that heat source is, or novelty item that whatever that is, you can rely on Ashbusters to come out here. Make sure that it's safe. Make sure that it's operating properly. Make sure that the the flow is is working, and so that it can be as efficient as it can be. And quite frankly, that there's so many safety items that you can just put a check by on that box by having you guys come out. And just check out that fireplace. Make sure that you're ready. You're ready for the season. It, we're getting into the time of year that people are going to be turning the fireplace on just for a novelty item. They're going to be having holiday guests over. Mm-hmm. And the last thing you want to do is to have a problem and not know it. Right. So I'm just, if you're listening this morning, you got a fireplace, give these guys a call 865 470 6117. Go check them out online at ashbustersknoxville.com. That's ashbustersknoxville.com. If you've got questions, comments, give us a call. Shoot us a text, 865-656-8255. We'll be right back on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on Newstalk 987 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. I am Scott Brokamp, and here in studio with me this morning is Mr. Jonah Lindley from Ashbusters of Knoxville, ashbustersknoxville.com, or you can reach him by phone at 865-470-6117. Get your fireplace in order. Get this baby ready to roll for the season. I'm sure some of you have already uh, cracked out the flame and (laughs) stoked a little fire. Uh, I know a few have, so... Jonah, let's talk about 
for the novice people like myself, okay. what are some, I, I've, you know, let's just say I haven't done the necessary maintenance and I'm using my fireplace. What are some telltale signs that I know that I've got a problem and I need to call the professionals at Ashbusters? Yeah. Uh, so we'll start, I'll start with a real big problem. Okay. If you ever have a fire rolling and it starts to sound like a choo-choo train in your house, like a big locomotive, call the fire department. Mm. You got a chimney fire happening. Wow. And it's like, if you've ever heard of what a tornado sounds like and that amount of pressure and and air moving, that's about what it sounds, most people say it sounds like to have a a chimney fire or a flu fire. Hmm. So that's one big one. It's not very common. Most of the time, the, the chimney fire is not going to burn down the house. But it is going to compromise the system. Hmm. And so that's going to necessitate some pretty heavy repairs. Um, On the more common side, I would say if you're starting a fire and you're having problems getting it it to draft Mm -hmm. or that smoke is rolling back into the living room or hell, we've had some homeowners say, you know, we we tried to light the fire and, uh, and none of it was going out of the house. It was all just pouring back into the living room. Uh, so good indication there's a blockage. Yeah. <laughs> Let's give us a call and, and see what we can do to help you out. If you've got water dripping into the firebox mm. at, at any point in time, definitely give us a call that can turn into some pretty, pretty hefty repair numbers mm. over the course of several years. Sure. Um, I mean, depending on what's wrong, obviously. Right. And, and even just, um, if you see like white streaking or something that looks like a water stain or mm-hmm. a watermark in the firebox yeah. or around the, the, the ceiling of, mm-hmm. of that chimney, there, there could be a sign that, that it's leaking and you should have that checked out yeah. so that again, it doesn't turn into something major. Sure. Yeah. And as you know, I, I know we spoke a little bit about it in the very first segment that that exterior box or that exterior surrounding around the actual flu of the fireplace is just as important and as vital as the actual flu itself. Yep. And and so making sure that all of that is in order. Um, yeah, I know one of the houses that I was in uh, a few years back that, uh, you know, it the chimney wasn't maintained in uh in we'd lost power and i'm like well we, you know we gotta start a fire so uh i'm and i'm gonna go way off base here yeah. but maybe we've got people listening who just moved into a house that have a fireplace and they've never had a fireplace before what what are the best steps when we start that fresh fire in that in that fireplace well, first and foremost, let's give us a call. Have us come out and get that inspection done. <laughs> Absolutely. First thing first. Uh, and then when we're going to start the fire, one of the things that we do, like I said a little bit earlier, uh, we want to understand what the homeowner's expectations are with the fireplace, what their needs, what their wants are. Part of that uh, can definitely include how to start that first fire. Mm -hmm. We like the top-down method. There's a bunch of YouTube videos available on that. If you just look up on YouTube, top-down fire, basically start at the bottom with some bigger logs, transition into medium-sized logs, small pieces of wood, and then your sticks and your kindling on top, and you get that stuff on top lit first. It's going to be the driest. It's going to get closest to complete combustion 
which means there's less water or uh, steam going mm-hmm. into the, the system. If you get steam at the beginning of a fire coating the inside of the liners or the system, uh, that soot is going to more easily stick to everything. Okay. So you want to start the, the fire out as dry and as hot as possible with the little stuff. That also helps prime the flue. So when it's real cold outside, it'll help with that draft. Hmm. And then those embers will naturally just light everything below it. And it's set it and forget it, kind of. Once you get the hang of it, you know what you're doing. You can build it, light it, and then kind of just sit back, relax. You're not on your hands and knees for 10, 15 minutes trying to get this thing started. <laughs> you don't need lighter fluid. Please don't use lighter fluid. Oh, you know, my goodness, It's yeah. just easy, tried, true. So. All right. See, and, and and again, you know, those are some of the things that, uh, you know, when we have conversations here on around the house, we're talking with professionals and, and, and I feel like I'm fairly educated in a lot of things that have to do with the house being that I've worked with construction for so many years, but a lot of times we, we don't think about the basics. Right. We don't think about the simple things, you know, like when you're done, cleaning out that firebox yeah right i mean a lot of people like to go cook on their grill and when you get done <laughs> with that steak you know there's some maintenance that has to happen with that grill right. well, just think if that grill was sitting in the center of your living room exactly right you you need to take care of that you need to keep that thing clean you know um because you never know what may be sitting in the the leftover residue from the previous fire and I have I have seen it and experienced it when I was a kid at our house uh, up in in Central Illinois, that my stepdad would go in there and he loved making a fire, and he didn't always clean that firebox out. And we were one night he started a fire and there had been he had these little fancy pine cones that <laughs> did these little fancy colors right. Oh yeah. And he looked that thing and there was one still in there, but it something had happened to it and that thing popped. Man, it jumped out in the middle of the living room. It was just it was crazy. <laughs> Yeah, just mayhem. I mean, and so, but those are some of the things that that can happen. So listen, if you're listening this morning, if you have a fireplace, I don't care, gas, natural, we didn't even get into wood stoves, any of these sources, if you have any of these, make sure that you get a professional to come out there and get it inspected. It's just simple peace of mind. You want to make sure that you're keeping yourself, your family, and your home safe and one of the best ways to do it is to call a professional chimney sweep. I still, I'm just glad that term still runs around, right? <laughs> but folks like Jonah over here at Ashbusters, ashbustersknoxville.com and 865-470-6117. That's ashbustersknoxville.com. Uh, Jonah, you got about 20 seconds, man. You got anything you want to leave our listeners with? Man, we covered so much today, Scott. I think we're we're pretty good. Uh, the only thing we didn't talk about is if you don't have a chimney and you want a fireplace, give us a call. We can hook you up with one. There you go. There you, you go. You don't always need a chimney to get that fireplace in the house. So there's plenty of ways to do it. Hey, that's good. It's great information. All right. Well, we are going to take a short break. We'll be back for the second hour of Around the House, and we'll talk a little bit about third Saturday in October. We'll see you here after the top of the hour on Around the House on News Talk 987 WOKI. 
Well, good morning and welcome to the second hour of Around the House. We're so glad that you're listening with us this morning. Uh, I want to thank my first guest this morning, Jonah Lindley from Ashbusters. Uh, man, just a just a great dude. I'm just going to tell you, and uh, he, we were able to share a little bit of time, and he he shared with me a lot about just the company in general, and just an amazing story uh, as far as a company goes, and uh, in him and as a journey. So you can find him at AshbustersKnoxville.com. That's AshbustersKnoxville.com. So, uh, but while we're on a hot topic, right? You like that pun? I'm always working on my dad jokes. Uh, it is the third Saturday in October. And, um, well, let's face it. Last year, the Vols finally broke a 15-year losing streak to that uh, horrible elephant. Get it, baby. Woo! Come on. All right. Here we go. Mm-mm-mm. Yes. Ain't nothing like the pride of the Southland bands. I love it. Hey, it was an exciting game, to say the least, last year. Ended with a 40-yard uh, yard field goal as time expired. We stormed the field. We shot fireworks. We played Dixieland Delight, which, by the way, is a Tennessee song. Good Lord. I just don't believe that. And you know what? We took the goalpost down. We took it out of the stadium. I just want to know, is it, is it acceptable to storm the visitor's field and take their goalpost? What do you think, Chris? Is that is that cool? Can we do that? I, I mean, I don't see why not, right? I want to be careful down in, at least down there doing that. <laughs> I don't know. You don't, you can't know till you try it. I, that's kind of what True. I'm thinking. I mean, you know, what? I just think it's a good idea. In fact, I I noticed on social media this morning somebody has already made a map on how to get that goalpost out of Robert Denny Stadium. So, uh, did you know that Tennessee has beaten Bama more than any other SEC school? Ha! Take that. Roll that tide, baby. The Vols have 38 wins against the Tide, including a seven-year winning streak back in the 90s to SEC school with the second most winning wins against Alabama. Auburn with 35. So, kickoff, 3.30 today. I ain't got to tell you. You already know. You can listen to it on our sister station, WIVK, home of the Vol Network. Go big orange. I just don't know. I, I mean, I'm having struggles today, right? I just can't. I just can't wait for this game. I just, I just feel like it is. Uh, it, it's going to be a victory. It's just going to be a victory. And I, I got to listen to one of my favorite people of all times, Doctor Monica LeBron. Uh, she is the assistant to Danny White. And man, I'm. I'm just going to tell you, she is a firecracker. She will. She will get you pumped up. Right. But one of the things that she said is she's like, listen, my whole life she played sports and she's like, I never went into a game thinking I was going to lose. I go into every game thinking I'm going to win. Guess what? Mindset's everything. We're going to win. Yeah. We're going to win. All right. So uh, here we go. Kickoff today, 330. You can catch it on our sister station, WIVK, the flagship station of the Vol Network. After the game, if you want to go have some great food, check out the Greek Fest. The annual festival at St. George Greek Orthodox Church is uh, its 47th year. 
It's going to be open today from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. The Pinto, one of Christopher Columbus's ships, docked at Calhoun's on Friday uh, on the river. You can tour the historic replica now through October 29th. No, no reservations are necessary. Just buy your ticket and board the floating museum at the dock. Check out what's going on around town. Go to visitnoxville.com. That's visitnoxville.com. Well, it's that time of year. Did you happen to notice the smell last week? You know, that electrical fire smell coming from your furnace for the first time that you turned it on because it was a little chilly? A lot of people did. And it's, well, the worst thing to wake up to in the middle of the night wondering what's going on. Here to solve the mystery of what that smell is and other HVAC phenomena is Aaron Gillison from AA Air Company in Central Seating, Central City Heating and Air. Aaron is a mechanical system engineer designer. That's correct. That'll be me. Thanks and, for having me on this morning. Well, thank you. We, uh, at, and, if you're listening, if you listened last week, we also were talking HVAC, and uh, I'm just glad, Aaron, that you were willing to step in at last minute to be here with us this morning. Thank you so much. I can't tell you how much we appreciate you guys. Absolutely. All right, Aaron, tell us a little bit about AA Airco. Well, um, AA Air Company was started back in 1973, so we're celebrating 50 years in business this year, which is a pretty exciting thing. Uh, we, we happened to have a little celebration a couple weeks back, um, and we were started by my grandfather, Donald Perkle. Uh, so I'm the third generation working in the family business alongside my brother, Cooper. Shout out to him today. Uh, he's It's nice to be able to work with family. My mother is our lead engineer and owner. Her name's Donna Kimball. And for a long time, uh, one of our sayings about our business is um, uh, if somebody else can't fix it, we can. uh, Fixing problems others can't uh, Mm. because of how a system relates to the entire house. Mm. Um, And we have two locations. We operate out of Knoxville with AA Air Company. And Central City is a company we took on uh, coming up almost on three years ago. Isn't that long? It really has. I know it's flown by. Uh, When it's good, it goes quick. Um, And we operate that business out of Kingston over in Roan County. So we can go, uh, I I joke, we can go from Kodak to Kingston, Maryville to Clinton, and take care of anybody that may have some needs. Well, that's that's a pretty good area. Well, and I I just, I can't, three years? Uh, in February, so I'm a little ahead of the game, beer. but yeah, um, and there's a, a great group of employees there. We're very thankful to have, uh, that's our, our greatest uh, asset, and, mm. and what's great to have is is really good people um, who are working, working hard uh, to take care of all the customers. Well, one thing I know is you guys are definitely easy to get a hold of. If you need to get a hold of them, just go to yourcomfortablezone.com. It's real simple, nice, easy, and catchy. Uh, obviously, if you um, need to reach them by phone, you can get them at 865-213-1354 or by email at contact at centralcityhvac.com. So, uh, what is that smell? 
<laughs> okay, so if you haven't been having any heat running and you get a little bit of dust collecting on the internal parts, that's usually what is the cause of that funky smell. A collection of, of particulates on those interior parts and pieces, that's more commonly uh, what we find, um, especially if it hasn't been maintained very much in the last couple of years. Mm. Uh, just kind of burning off some of that old stuff. Um, and that is true for also for a brand new furnace. Let's say you had a new air conditioner, a new furnace installed this summer. Uh, it's just now getting to be used for heat. So there can be a little bit of that funky smell from manufacturing that is burning off, yeah. uh, which it's not necessarily harmful to you. People kind of get like, oh my goodness, what is that smell? Uh, and maybe a phone call or two wondering what's going on. But uh, it, once it gets burned off, it's good to go. And hopefully you won't smell it anymore. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty normal i think we're all accustomed to that nowadays uh but it's uh you know i've I've always wondered why it smells as particular as it does right it's the same every year right right i'm like do i got the same garbage that are you know (laughs) that's all i i go in weird places with things so one of the things that i know that you guys deal a lot with is is some of these common complaints of temperature balancing the home for comfort levels on multiple levels of a home in multiple areas um I just, we're going to talk about this when we come back, because this to me is one of the number one concerns that I have and that I see a lot in when we're dealing with HVAC as I, you know, we work in a lot of new construction homes and I don't know. So if you got a home that you feel like it's a little warmer in one room, one room than it is in the other, or the temperature is just never balanced. Make sure you tune back in with us after this break because we're going to dive into that a little bit. And Erin is going to, well, share her over 50 years of wealth of knowledge from her family as to maybe how we can answer this this lifelong question. Stay tuned with us right here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. I hope that you are nice and cozy and comfortable in your house this morning but if you're not my next guest is who you need to call aaron gillison from aa air company can take care of that and make sure that you are in your comfortable zone you can find them online at yourcomfortablezone.com you can reach them by phone at 865-213-1354 um so aaron before we went to break we were talking about imbalances in our homes right and you know i I mean i see it all the time in new construction and how these things are designed and laid out and i live in a new construction home and i struggle with it It, it's just it seems to be to be endless and of course right we have the you guys have the hard task because everybody wants open open living want big open spaces and we all want nice big glass walls to look out of because of the beautiful views in east tennessee of course and beautiful vaulted ceilings mm. oh they they when i walk into a home like that it cer- it certainly is nice and then i start asking some questions yeah. and trying to figure out how how are we going to fix this so mm. um and very commonly you know a cold basement um, an uncomfortable room over the garage. Those are some common complaints that I see um, that there are several avenues to be able to fix that. Yeah. It, and I know even 
even like in my house, we've got uh, our main floor is its own zone. Um, but even over there, we've got a couple of different returns and there's a couple of different, I mean, it's a big space to, to have all of that. And, and we've often wondered in our own home, why is it, why is the temperature so much different on this side of the house than it is on that side of the house? And obviously it's well, the sun and the glass and the windows. So what are some things that you guys, obviously you deal with on a regular basis. What are some solutions that you guys offer to help in these types of, well, problems that our customers encounter sure sure well when i first come into the home um you know if somebody's looking at a replacement or they're having an issue the first thing i have to do is measure out your square footage your cubic footage square footage of your windows and do as much investigation as i can to figure out how well the house is insulated and run something called a heat load calculation Hmm. that tells us how much heating and cooling in BTUs that this structure needs. So that way I can be sure, okay, is the system sized correctly by tonnage, uh, both either in air conditioning on the cooling side or if it's a gas furnace, um, is it sized big enough for the house? That's the first step, right. which is, of course, you leaning a little bit on an expert for that first. Um, after that, if, if that's satisfied and, it, and it's that, we got to look at the ductwork. We got to look at if it's sized big enough or small enough, um, and make sure that that ductwork design was also done correctly. Mm-hmm. It can be a couple of steps to get some information that really helps our customers. Uh, so that's where I start. Right. Um, and sometimes it can be a little tricky having ductwork between floors. Um, you know, sometimes we do a little bit of exploratory cuts to try to figure out what size right. that ductwork is. Um, and that way we can really tell them, okay, this is definitely what's going to help you. Here's plan A, here's plan B. Um, and we really want that plan A to work. Um, mm first. Um, right. So you try to go for the correct solution. Um, and then sometimes air balancing, how that airflow is, air doesn't just flow. It, you got to distribute it evenly. Mm. Um, so sometimes manipulating that airflow is what where are, we go. What are some things that you do to, to make that happen? Um, so hopefully we've got access to the duct system and when you're measuring airflow through every single vent you can make sure okay is is the furnace does it have the dip switch settings for the airflow correctly Um, are we getting as much airflow as this three ton or four ton system should be putting out and then hopefully if i've got access to the duct system we go to that and we see if there are some manual dampers on each of those little supply branches because being able to, to manipulate those little pieces and make sure that airflow um, is distributed at just as evenly as it possibly can because i mean just to kind of paint a picture a three ton system is pushing approximately 1200 cubic feet per minute I'm a big Pat Summit basketball fan, right? <laughs> One cubic foot is about a basketball. That's 1,200 basketballs a minute. Wow. 1,200 basketballs per minute. So when you're manipulating that and trying to make sure that all those basketballs get exactly to the hoop they need to get to, um, you just go to the duct system and you manipulate that a little bit, these little dampers that you can aim in different uh, directions, and it that can make a big hmm. difference. Um, and something that I would caution homeowners to be careful with. Um, you don't want to close things down too hard mm. and cause some high static pressure right? because that'll cause some other issues too. So it, it's, it's kind of a little bit of a fine game yeah. uh, to manipulate that airflow. 
kind of like when we set up a home theater, you know, we can, we've got these great tools to do a lot of these auto calibrations, but at the end of the day, I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to get in there and I'm going to tweak, I'm going to tweak it and, and we're going to dial that thing in and fine tune it to where now we are getting the, the most efficiency and the most, uh, most return out of that that unit gotta polish it so it'll shine yeah that's right that's right (laughs) so well i'm i'm gonna kind of piggyback off a little bit from uh our first guest um from ash busters but uh we're going a little bit safety Uh, i mean having making sure not just your chimney but your hvac system making sure that it's inspected regularly is the key to make sure obviously it's operating at its highest efficiencies but to make sure that you and your family are safe. We don't want to be putting toxins into the air of our home. Right. Yep. Because safety never takes a holiday, Scott. It does not. It never takes a holiday. Or sleeps. Or it, it, it just is constant. Yes. Yes. And it's something that as we're at, in our home and we're comfortable, we relax a little bit and we forget sometimes about making sure that we've dotted our I's and crossed our T's or maybe P's and Q's, as Jonah said earlier. Um but getting an inspection on your system is a great idea. There's some safety inspections that we have. But, um, you know, not to not to use the scary words of carbon monoxide, but um, there's a lot of people who are still not converting away from electric. They're keeping their gas. They want it. Mm-hmm. And um, making sure that it's vented properly um, right. is an important thing. And, and also making sure that there's no cracks in the heat exchanger. All those kind of little technical terms that when your service technician comes out and talks to you about what they found, what does that mean? Uh, what does that mean for you? Um, we have a funny little story of a service technician that um, he was out on a maintenance and found some funny pressure readings and he was kind of going down a rabbit hole because everything else was okay. But then once he cut open the PVC venting on that 90% furnace, which I'll explain that a little bit uh, as well, he found a collection of acorns. Some squirrel found a spot <laughs> that PVC vent looked really good to store those acorns in. He was just dropping them down in there. So sometimes it's a little bit of a rabbit hole uh-huh. that we go down to try to be uh, performing as thorough of a maintenance as possible because that backflow could cause some issues that vent not being able to vent out those uh, the exhaust from the furnace and uh, that poor squirrel. I mean, he never got to those acorns. I don't know how he was going to get to there, but yeah, yeah, was, yeah how are you ever going to get them out? You know, yeah. Sorry, yeah. buddy. <laughs> well, I, I, sometimes squirrels just don't think about that. I guess I don't know. Maybe they were going to like uh, like Jonah was talking about. They were going to send the little baby down the down the little skinny oh, tube. Oh man. You know, like, <laughs> Yeah, no, no way to know that's going to get out. But, um, but having a, a very thorough maintenance service done by a professional um, is never a bad idea, uh, whether it's electric or gas. Um, right. Electric systems. Just this year, I'll, another short little story is just this year we we found a, a newer unit, only three years old. They had had a lot of problems out of it, and service technician was out there when he went to put his hand on the air handler. It was so hot with his hand. He could he barely could get the door off. Wow. Took a temperature reading on the inside. It was two hundred degrees inside of that electric air handler. So it was a split heat pump system. And he called and said, "There's there's something wrong with this. This is more than what I, what I'm looking at. He's looking at the interior parts, and I'm looking at the big picture. And we found that the ductwork was undersized, causing that high static air pressure. So it's holding all that heat that was trying to be dispersed right in that blower motor. So 
which um, was a fire risk to this customer. Mm. Uh, for it to be 200 degrees inside an air handler is not normal. Yeah, because uh, it's got to go somewhere. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, it, it's producing heat. If it doesn't have the flow and in, in the capability to escape, yeah. right? I mean, that's kind of what how furnace works. It, it creates a huge heat source. It's creating heat, and it has to escape. And that escape is what's actually heating our homes and making us feel comfortable. Right. And, yeah, I mean, if, if, it's, if it's not getting out, it, it's like a pressure cooker. Yes, yes. It's going to go. And so he said, Aaron, I need you out here. You, you got to look at this. And, and, of course, we found what we needed to do and, and took care of that customer and, and communicated very thoroughly with what our findings were. Well, and I mean, and let's face it, it every, every product that we put in our home, it's made by somebody. Yes, there may be a robot or a machine somewhere helping put it together, but there's, some, there's human handling involved. Right. And anytime there's human handling involved, there is a margin for error. And even if it's not human handling, there's still a margin for error. That's correct. Right? Yes. And, and and we deal with it with electronics in particular. You're you're going to have faulty parts. You're going to have bad parts. Things are going to happen. And just like it, it, in that side of things, we have seen. Um, unfortunately, we have seen sparks. We have. Luckily, nothing has turned into a fire. But yeah, you know, yeah, you, you got a circuit board that's passing electricity and. If there's a problem in that board, if if the electricity goes to the wrong place, it's going to cause a problem. And sometimes, just just through basic handling, simple things can happen. Right. Voltage wants to take it easy, and it's going to find the easiest route. It's always going to find it past the path of least resistance. Yes. Right. Yes, absolutely. So you know, even on electric systems, you got to be careful. But um, and you know, having uh, and I know you're a, a great expert on carbon monoxide security. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you've known about that for a long time, um, and you know how to communicate that to customers. Um, and I, I heard earlier, uh, Mr. Jonah from Ashbusters talking about it, which was great. Um, expansion and contraction of things is how they get worn out, mm-hmm. and um, and you know, certain cracks in the heat exchanger start to happen. Um, so it's def- his recommendation, and of course, always your recommendations to have a good carbon monoxide detector that detects at a low part per million um, and has a digital readout. If you've got one, those are great because in that way you can see if it's going starting to alert you for a low level, you can address that quickly. Right. Um, and open a window and start looking around and seeing, okay, what what could this possibly be, and do I need to call somebody uh, to to delve into it a little bit further and investigate? Yeah, it, and it's always, detection is always key, you know, detection is always key, and, and and again, whether it's a fireplace, whether it's your HVAC, anything that is a, a possibility of producing carbon dioxide needs to be serviced on a regular basis. Yeah. It's just that simple. It's the only way to make sure that it's performing and operating properly and making sure that it is not producing this deadly gas that... Uh, we all know is is to be taken serious, and, and you know, general alluded to it as well. I know some people get go a little overboard with it. We, uh, you know, some things have, have occurred to create quite a bit of a scare. Um, right. But I, I think at the end of the day, we have we have things in place nowadays, especially in new construction. We are we are providing that level of safety, and there's things that we can do for detection and awareness of these items. Uh, much like yourself, as you guys uh, also work to provide. 
uh, and, and find the solutions for. So, absolutely, uh, we don't want to scare anybody. We just want to take care of. Them. That's right. That's right. It's it's just awareness, you know. And it, it just like many of things, it's kind of like NIL and college sports, right? It's gonna you, you it's got to get a little bad before it gets a little good, you know. <laughs> and uh, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Absolutely. Uh, well, we are going to take a short break. We'll be right back here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk ninety eight seven WOKI. You know, we probably should have been whistling Dixieland Delight in here this morning, but we'll settle for a little Around the House whistling tune. Hey, I'm Scott Brokamp. Welcome back to Around the House. I am speaking with Aaron Gillison of AA Air here in Knoxville and Kingston. Um, they service a, well, pretty much the entire Knoxville greater area. So you can, they stretch out quite a bit. So if you need any HVAC services, they are the team to call. No doubt about it. Erin is a mechanical systems designer. She can help figure out what's going on and well, get it fixed for you right away. You can find them online at your comfort, That's your dot It's super easy way to find them. So, uh, Aaron, before uh, before we took a break, we were talking a little bit about safety, and well, there's some more that goes into safety, and that is your furnace in your heat source and some possible problems that may arise. That's correct, and you know when when you have somebody come out and either look at a problem or do maintenance, and your service technician comes up to you and says, "I'm really sorry, but I've I've got to shut off this furnace. You have a crack in your heat exchanger." Uh, sometimes I see people kind of being confused about why it's a problem. Hmm. Uh, why do we have to shut this thing off? Why, why can't I just keep using my heat? Um, and so I thought I might talk about that for just a minute and help explain why a service technician is, is going to turn it off until you can get either a repair on the heat exchanger or a replacement furnace. Um, so when they come out and, and they do that inspection, they come to you, what they have found inside of that furnace is in that heat exchanger, which is a part of the furnace where uh, the gas burns through a separate chamber. It's in, it's separated away from the airflow as far as the gas fumes and how it exhausts and um, it absorbs that heat as the airflow passes by the heat exchanger, but not through it. Um, so... When they find a crack, that means that there is a great risk of carbon monoxide mixing with your airflow and coming into the spaces where you're sleeping, where you're eating, where you're being comfortable. Um, and when we see that, we we have to make sure that you're not putting yourself at risk and that we're not putting our customers at risk. So when they come to you and say, hey, you've got a crack or it's very rusty, we you should start to consider looking at either a repair or a replacement on the furnace. Um Rusty's not bad. You know, they're going to let you know about it, but a crack means that that carbon monoxide can mix mm. with your airflow. Well, and that, and that heat exchanger is where, I mean, that's literally where the flames are at. Right. Right. So, right. I mean, that's your, it's producing heat and then it's blowing air across that heat. Right. 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 So, you know, you're already, you're already producing, um, things that are going that are being pushed through the air system from right. that point right so it's why it is so important obviously to make sure that you address any issues with that heat exchanger as it's designed it's designed the fact that it's burning off all of the toxins before it's pushing that heat and 
forcing that air into your home. Sure. So therefore, if there is a crack or if there is a defect of any sort in that heat exchanger at that point in time, then obviously that's why it is so important because right. if if it's not getting the opportunity to burn off those toxins, it's pushing those toxins forcefully by air into your home. Right. And so just making sure that there's no risk to you and, and making sure that your, your service technician is being, is doing a thorough job. And there is something that is true about this too, that, uh, when we are opening up a furnace, we are doing the very best job that we can with everything that's accessible to check it out. There's parts of that heat exchanger we can't see. Right. So, um, there are some other, uh, tests that we can do to try to see, you know, something that is a telltale sign is how those flames are burning. Right. If they're rolling out, if they're doing something strange, then that service technician, maybe he can't, he or she cannot see that there's a crack, but that's a sign. Um, and you got to pay attention to those signs and symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way you can be very, very careful with how you provide service. Well, and, and that's why it's so important to have, well, an experienced team, you know, somebody who maybe has 50 years in the business may not be a bad choice, right? <laughs> So, uh, all right. So we talked a little bit about heat exchangers. What what are our what are our sources? Our heat sources. What what's available to us here, and what is the most popular here for us in East Tennessee? That that is a big question this year because of the federal tax incentives to possibly go electric. And and I'll tell you my personal opinion is that both resources to heat and cool are valuable. Mm -hmm. Both of them are. And how they're used is really important to consider. Um, I don't think that necessarily gas is better than electric. I don't think electric's better than gas. It's just how it's designed um, and what's best for where you are. Mm. Um, So there's something called an 80% furnace. There's a 90% furnace. And then, of course, um, a split heat pump. There's geothermal, which we don't see as commonly in the city. We see that much more on the outskirts. Right. Um, but more common, most the most common thing I find is uh, for heating is a furnace. Um, and eighty percent means that it's using about eighty percent of the gas that comes through the cabinet, and about twenty percent is exhaust. So that's why your ninety percenters are a little bit more efficient. Hmm. But um, there are some differences between the two furnaces, and there's places for both of them. Um, every house is different and unique and individual. So, um, how those are installed and where they are placed is very, very important when you're trying to decide, man, do I keep this gas furnace and enjoy this toasty, warm, quick heat? Or do I want to, do I want to consider converting to an electric system? Mm. Um, placement is so important. Installation is so important. Yeah. Well, and of course, nowadays, just with the technology advancements that we have in well, in everything that we deal with in life nowadays, I mean, obviously, it has shored up the the distance and the divide between electric and gas. There used to be obviously huge differences between them. Right. Obviously, a big part of it is again, like we you mentioned, where where we live. You know, right. We, we live here in East Tennessee. And quite frankly, that affords us a lot of opportunity to take advantage of things that most people in other parts of the world in this country don't have the ability to do. Aren't you so glad we get to have all four seasons? Well, <laughs> I, I mean, if we could just take winter out of the equation, I'd be, I'd be ecstatic. But, oh, that's my favorite season to work in. You know, luckily, uh, well, I'm sure y'all get a little busy during the winter time. I oh, mean, those, those addicts are really comfortable in the winter. <laughs> you, you were right about that. Yeah, yeah. You know, we were, we were talking about this, 
off the air, but you know, now is the time that I would think that all the HVAC companies would just be slammed. Right. Right. But unfortunately, what what you guys experience is you're in a lull right now, you know. We I mean, steady you're, out. You're steady, right? you're busy, but we're not it's, slammed. It's not crazy, right? Right. Well, and I think it's funny because uh, you know, sometimes I'll see people talking about, okay, let's let's make a game of how long how long are we gonna wait until we turn on this heater? Let's let's make a gamble about it. Let's have a little fun. And then like last year around Christmas, maybe you maybe you are one competitive individual and you wait all the way till Christmas where it's negative five uh, with the wind chill and you turn it on and oh my goodness my furnace is not coming on um, so it's not a bad idea you know f- let's let's watch the Vols today and enjoy that game but at home let's go ahead and set our furnace or our, our split heat pump on a reasonable temperature and see if it comes on because at least that way okay I know right now I've got heat Maybe I'll schedule maintenance here soon, but at least I've got some heat. Right. It, and it that's it. it. You know, unfortunately, so many people, they we miss the maintenance. We don't take care of it. We wait, we wait, we wait. And then we go. And so what's going to happen is it's going to turn cold and everybody's going to crank that heat on and they're going to have that failure. And then they're going to call their local HVAC professional and everybody's going to be swamped. Right. So, you know, look. Right. Just be a little proactive. Right. Turn it on. Make sure that it works. Look, you can you can early identify some problems right now. Right. You right. know, okay. have that maintenance done. Get get ready. Well, and I will say too, um, as a system designer, sometimes I run into situations that um, it's going to take us a couple days, and I've got to redesign um, a portion of it, or maybe even the whole thing. And sometimes when I'm doing that in the heat of the summer, we'll get them some cooling back, mm-hmm. hopefully, and then I'll communicate to them, you know, the best time for you to do this when you're going to have your system down for a week or more. Let's look at October or November, or let's look at April or March, mm-hmm. so that that way, if your system's down for a week while we are putting something in with quality um you're not going to be too uncomfortable for that entire week that you don't have something uh you know sometimes people will use those those little heaters and things like that to uh to to take care of it but it makes it a lot less stressful Mm. um sometimes i find some things that uh, you know we've got to correct with a replacement system uh and it's a little bit less stressful to to have it done around this time right yeah let you just man i hate to have to do it when you need it, you know, I mean, that's right. the thing. And I mean, look, things are going to happen. Uh, you know, those are the times that your systems are going to be taxed to the max is when you need them the most, when it gets super cold outside and when it's super hot outside, those are when our systems are, there are, if they're not at peak efficiency, that's when, that's when you're going to notice, you'll, you'll see those signs of trouble. That's when the stress yes. fracks, uh, stress fractures are going to show up and, right. and, uh, you know, so, you know, when Jonah earlier was talking about expansion and contraction of the chimney, you know, yeah. he was talking about that cause and damage, that same, uh, action is what leads those heat exchangers to crack over time. Yeah. So, um, you know, having something that is correctly installed, uh, correctly designed, um, and just maintained is the way to kind of put that off a little bit. Let's keep that furnace in just as long as we can there you go well we are going to take a short break when we come back we're uh well we're going to get some last minute tips from aaron gillison on making sure that your home is nice and cozy and comfy through the holidays and all year round we'll be right back 
here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. <laughs> Welcome back to Around the House. We are in the home stretch. You probably like me. You're a little anxious, a little excited. Watch our Tennessee Vols go. Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm just excited. I'm excited about this game today. I just. I really am. I feel really. I just feel good about it. Uh, anyway, I'm sure y'all are with me. Look, absolutely. I'm just going to tell you. You have to go in with a positive mindset, no matter what, and you just got to go give. Do your best. Just do your best. Right? Every day, every day. All right. Well, I am speaking with Erin Gillison. Speaking of doing your best, she is a mechanical system designer at AA Air and Central City Heating and Air. And, uh, well, we've been talking about a lot of things, really. But I just keeping yourself safe and, well, as your slogan goes, keeping you in your comfortable zone. You can find them online at yourcomfortablezone.com. So, Aaron, we we alluded to it, uh, and we talked a little bit about it in the last segment. But this this whole push and and incentive about going electric, um, when is it when is it right? When is it not right? Uh, I mean, again, we're, we're we're really blessed here in our area, right? We 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 are in the TVA area, right? Uh, we have uh, we have better electricity cost than most. Um, due to that TVA economic structure that we are a part of. Yes. Um, and, and there's benefits to both, right? There's benefits to both. But when does it make sense? When when should I really maybe consider moving to electric, and what do I need to be aware of? That's a great question. Um, and, you know, what I... What I like to do is communicate with customers and educate them on the differences between the two and let them know with all this information that we give you that I'm going to share is do the best thing for you. Hmm. Um, do what's best for you because um, gas has a value for heating. Electric has a value for heating, but um, certain houses are going to do a little bit better with an electric conversion than others. Um, if a house is very well insulated, hmm. if you've yeah. got great windows, great floor insulation, um, those are all things that when somebody's got a gas system in and I'm, I'm looking at a replacement for them, I do a little bit of investigation on and I, and I, I do kind of open that door uh, right. of conversation. You know, do, are you aware of uh, the grants and push to go electric? Are you interested in that? Do you have any questions? Because the way that electric heating systems feel versus gas systems, it is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, gas heat, if you were to take a temperature of the airflow coming out of the register, it's on average, about a 30 degree temperature difference of that airflow. Mm-hmm. Um, gas heat is a little warmer, a little toastier, and a little drier. Um, and so houses that maybe they don't have the best windows, uh, when, when a customer is, oh, I really want to take advantage of uh, the tax incentives to go electric, and I'm looking at a house that it's going to run a lot, even if I size it bigger, you right. know, even if I put more tonnage in, um, they've got very drafty windows. They don't have floor insulation. I usually say to them, you know, 
converting to electric, you're probably going to want to insulate more. You're going to want to update your windows so that that way it can still be warm. It'll meet the needs of the thermostat, but it does feel different. And right. and what we're buying here is comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, so are you, are you prepared to do these energy footprint improvements to your house along with this HVAC system? Is it something that you think you're going to do soon? So that way... Your system's not running, 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 um, and trying to keep up with how cold it can be. Um, and uh, so those are things to consider because as, as a person myself, I, I have to say, I do like that toasty gas furnace personally. Um, I've, I've got a gas system below, an electric system above. So my house is quote unquote dual fuel. Right. Uh, it's a dual fuel envelope design. I'm getting really nerdy here. Uh, but, and I'm very happy with it. It does a great job. Uh, and my house is an older 1930 craftsman. It's drafty. I have original windows. Um, so I knew, mm, while electric has its benefits and it has certainly gotten better. Heat pumps have gotten way better. Sure. I was still like, mm, uh, I, I'm a little sensitive to cold, even though I work where I'm uncomfortable all the time. <laughs> when I'm at home, I want to be, be cozy. Yes. Cozy and warm. And, you know, my kids want to be cozy and warm. And, uh, so that's what I decided to do for myself. But looking at your home envelope is important to consider mm. because when someone, when you're spending thousands of dollars on a new system, you want to be happy with the results. Absolutely. You don't want to be like, oh man, I really wish I kept that gas. I know I got these incentives and I got this tax credit. And there are actually also TVA rebates if your um, installing contractor is a, in that quality network. Um, there are incentives there, especially with split heat pumps. Uh, you know, there are some that actually have a hyperheat condenser and you don't need auxiliary heat. And wow. yes. And so there are certain applications where that's much better for a customer co- to consider. And it takes a lot of that load off of TVA. That auxiliary heat is the most inefficient part of a heat right. pump. And so with that newer technology, which is fantastic, um, we've, we've had some really good reports back from customers where we put that type of system in. Um, it's still important to consider what about my house? Right. The application's everything. Yeah. Well, and you know, you mentioned that some of the differences in that heat, right? And and that that drier heat is I mean, it's going to feel hotter, right? Yeah. Just like I mean, just like an air conditioning system is designed to remove moisture. Right. Not not to push out cold air, it's to remove moisture which makes the Absolutely. air more comfortable. Yeah. And so, you know, the same thing that that electric heat because it is a slower uh it, and as by design, it, it is it's not gonna be that that quick push dry heat, which I mean let's face it, first kicks on with gas, it just comes out. Wow. Yeah, it comes out ready to go. It it is. It's ready to go. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Hey, if you've got HVAC questions, needs, check out AA Air. You can find them online at yourcomfortablezone.com um, or you can give them a call at 865-213-1354. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Hey, if you've missed anything from today's show, you can go to hissecurity.com, go to the ATH radio tab to find the recordings of the show. I again want to thank our guests this morning, Jonah Lindley with Ashbusters and Aaron Gillison of AA Air Central City Heating and Air. Hey, you've got a topic or a guest you want to hear on the show? Send us an email at thehouse at hissecurity.com. 
Around the House is produced by News Talk 98.7 with guest coordination services from B Media Savvy. Tune in next week as we wrap up Breast Cancer Awareness Month with a cancer survivor story and we'll spotlight the holiday events with a town of Farragut as a store in as in store for you this year. Hey, go Vols! Go Big Orange! We'll Come see on, you guys. next week on Around the House.